We're starting in five, four, three, two. There it is. We are going. We are making history. This is happening. Um, you're dressed up because uh, it's like we've had a special rendezvous with me out there in Denver. Yeah. And uh, you want to you want to be sure that I see the new you. The the this this is the suited and booted out. <laughs> You always, you always have some term uh, with some alliteration or something good for me. Uh, I say you look fancy, and then you have a phrasing. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I, I, I don't know how you. How do you feel about putting suits on? I didn't know how much I'd like it. Obviously, I have to do it five days a week now, but I really like putting a blazer on. I don't mind it. I, I got into a phase where I like to. I would go to the men's warehouse every day. And Stop just bragging. start uh, looking for. Thanks for getting out from behind the mic for a little bit there. Appreciate that. <laughs> I can't believe we go on TV in Denver and they're showing you behind it. <laughs> the clip was you behind a mic laughing at me doing a voice. So, oh, I guess they see you all the time. But in, in terms of the, show. in terms of the, that's your, in terms of the jacket, uh, the suit. Right now, I'm struggling because I'm a little fatter than my suits. I bought my suits at the thin phase of frank yeah so i have to get back to that just to look a little better in the suits so i'm that's actually motivating me because i hadn't worn a suit for a while and then i squeezed into one and my chest gets bigger fast i don't know what that is but the belly's there the neck is there it's all it's it's completely in our family not your and my family but the Caliendo family, where the thickness just happens in the neck. It, it's not in arms or legs. So, you know, you don't ever see it like in calves. Like I have the legs of a runner. Yes. And then the uh, body of a sitter. So, <laughs> well, do you, get, you just got to look at your body as a, a, a glasses half fat kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, a phrase. So, I, I don't I, I don't like then I started buying some nicer suits though too some more expensive suits and though that's the that's the suits that I'm talking about there in particular as opposed to men's warehouse is great stuff I, that's what I always would wear for especially for the costuming in terms of character stuff because they always have a great deal it's either two for one or buy one get one half off and amazingly it's almost the same price. It is, and it's it's like they've been having that sale since they opened, so that's just what it costs. Right. Like, I it's try, not a sale anymore. And you see people going around to these different stores that are like that. I don't want to say it's just Men's Warehouse, or I don't even know if it was Men's hair, Warehouse that I saw this at, but you see people changing price tags all the time. Yeah. So they can, like, that's half the job at some of these stores is changing the price tag so they can make the prices work out to be the same uh, when they have a different sale. Yeah, just we don't we we know we're not getting a deal, men's warehouse. Stop with the charade. But I well, like it is a deal. It is a deal. It's just the deal. It's always a deal. It's that's the thing. It's always a deal. But the marketing from places is they try to make you feel like it's a deal, right? Well, I guess that's why it's always like uh, a car is always twenty seven thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. There's something psychological. Right. That human beings feel when they feel like they're going to deal. But they, there's, there, there have been tests done too uh, by studies, I guess, where they say the same price, but they say uh, never done this deal before, and people flock to it and start doing it. It's all over Amazon. Like they show you what the price used to be. I've never seen the price for something at seventy five dollars. It's only been at sixty two, and I'm like, I gotta get this before it goes up to seventy four. That's never back to seventy <laughs> four. Yeah, they never take that line out of it. No, no, it's 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 it, it might have gone down forty percent sixteen years ago, and. <laughs> They still get you because it's a deal. And that's that's what everybody's looking for is that huge deal. And we see it everywhere. But it is amazing how I can still – and I know what's happening. And I can still get tricked into it. So kudos to you guys, the marketing people who originally figured out that just saying something is a deal turns it into a deal. And you win. Well, you said something earlier that really got me thinking, because first of all, you're doing the right thing. I think a lot of people, because you were like, I got to work out and get back into my suits. You don't buy bigger clothes. Once you buy bigger clothes, you're kind of accepting like this is my new normal. 
And it really made me think about like what women must go through. First of all, their fashions change so much. I didn't think you were going to say fashion. I thought you just, first of all, their fashion. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? Yeah, all these women. No, but it's like, you think about like, they have so much form-fitting clothing. You know, we all, guys go through this like, oh, the holidays were no good to my love handles. But like, imagine if you were wearing, I wouldn't even say a lot of women are wearing super tight things. But just women's dresses are kind of form-fitting. And, like, if you put on a few pounds, you then realize how self-conscious you would be if everything kind of showed off your problem areas where guys can hide them. That's why I'm advocating for the baggy dress. I think the baggy dress – I just know you're you're like, no, that's not what I'm advocating for. (laughs) Yes, the baggy dress, no makeup, uh, that's what I think should be the new standard for everyone. Well, I would make the argument that a sundress is the my well, I, I think the best article of clothing that a woman could wear because it's flowing, but like when the wind does hit it, it kind of shows her shape off, but it's not super skin tight. So it's kind of casual, but also it's like super sexy to me. I've always liked the always been a fan of the sundresses, ladies. <laughs> I think you're a fan of all the dresses and all the ladies. I think that's where that basically uh, I, I don't know. I can't believe you're categorizing it. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Gotta, you, you don't have to put it in any smaller subset. I think I've been around you enough. I used to wonder what uh, Tom was talking about at Bob and Tom, and I'm like, now after being around you for a while, I'm like, this guy's got it. <laughs> no, I, I just think I think women are so beautiful. I know that sounds corny, but ever since I was a little kid, I, they just look so. I don't know. They're just. Much better looking, I feel like, than the male species. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And we could go more than that. I'd go way more than a hundred percent. But I—I uh, I, I don't know. You—you you just have this uh, ability, and the ladies, the you're L L Al L L. Ladies love Al La Lal. There we go. I'm gonna steal that from L L if he hadn't trademarked it already. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's his. All right. Well, how'd you like DBL, man? Everybody loved you. You are definitely one of our best guests. We've had guests on, and and it's not a shot against them, but, um, you know, it's a lot. It's a live kind of intense work environment, and you can tell people that are used to kind of doing recorded television come in like, what in the hell is happening? But you just, you literally sat down, I would say 35 seconds before we went live on television, and you just killed it, brother. Yeah, I just don't care. I think that's a big thing of what it is. I just go out there and try to be honest and real. And when I make the mistakes, I just play up the fact that I'm making the mistakes. I think most people are worried about looking silly. And as a comedian, you always have that uh, in your back pocket that you can just say, I'm a comedian. So when I would dress... Uh, very casually and go out on the road and I'd be in pajama pants uh, <laughs> and people thought they were um, the uh, Zubas. Uh, I was like, no, these are pajama pants. They're like, well, that's pretty casual. I'm like, I'm a comedian. Oh, that's fine then. So you can do that and be when you have that as your like if you're a doctor walking around and you're at the grocery store in your pajama pants, they start to question you. I, doctor's probably not a good one because they could look like fancier scrubs. Right. Um, uh, designer scrubs, which is probably what you had you gone into the medical field from your pre, uh, pre-med education. I could see you having the designer scrubs to go with the yellow sunglasses hidden behind the microphone <laughs> that you always tend to get behind. So... Uh, where were we going with that? Oh, and I just go as a, I just go for full out energy. So when I, when I get on there, even if it's not that funny, I'm loud and over the top and I make enough sense that the hosts are usually happy. And I felt like I was in a good flow. And the fact that you guys have that, um, uh, that basically your, your crew is like an audience there. So they start clapping and you feel like they're really clapping for you because you haven't been there before. So it was my first time there. I thought they were really happy to see me. And then I realized, oh, no, they're just clapping to get energy going. Um, Honestly, we we don't do that. And actually, we've had meetings kind of saying, like, please don't laugh or clap or awe or anything because they they didn't want to, uh, you know, sway the viewer. If like I had if I had a point and you just hear the room go, oh, like, I mean, we've had issues where hosts were like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm giving my opinion. 
So the fact that people were turning around from their monitors and like looking at you, because I was looking at, I mean, people are working under deadlines because, you know, the editors are getting pieces ready for the next show. So the fact they're taking time, like precious time, they can't get back to turn around and focus on you. That's that, that's, uh, that's the biggest compliment you get. Well, I, I appreciate it. Let them know. Thank you. And next time it'll just be the same thing again. So, uh, <laughs> By the way, do you have your microphone turned up incredibly high today or something? I don't know. I haven't touched it, but it does seem loud. Yeah, you're really loud. I mean, not that that's bad. I just, but I think you're almost echoing. You're so crazy. It's it's fine. It's it's, Is it okay? it's it's a it's a podcast. It's not uh, the uh, you know it's not the Oscars. <laughs> oh, did you just seamlessly transition us into the Oscars? How how about that? Was that I I would I didn't even know if we were going to talk about it, but I thought that was your opportunity to to go for it. I don't watch the Oscars. Um, I I'm guessing you probably have to for your job um, at uh, Daily Blast Live. So did you uh, did you watch all of it? Or I watched little clips afterward, but I I just. Um, Listen, I can't. I my problem is I had. This is the same group of people that's tell that tells me all the rest of the year that it's all about art, which I believe it is. I I, I love the art, and I know the business is in it, but maybe it's just where I am at in life. That I in sports I loved competition. In comedy, I hate competitions because it's all subjective, and somebody's always going to be unhappy, and a lot of people are always going to feel even even in sports. But you. In it's so subjective, it's like in the MVP race in in sports. That's what uh, award shows in uh, Hollywood are like to me because there are no definitive lines. How do you pick who really is the best? What's the best performance? What's the, and so much goes into all that from different people aiding something to to look. I saw a funny thing about. People were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, which won for editing, and then they showed a clip of the editing, and it was basically, I'm going to do this on our computer uh, if for people who, are, who go to watch, and if uh, at alanfrank.com, we'll bring it to you. It was basically like this kind of thing happening. So if I were to talk a little bit, and then let's just do one line each. So if we go one line each uh, right now, I finish my line. Then I could do my line. And I go to my line. And then I'm back to my line. And I'm back to my line, and then it goes back to both of us. So it was like <laughs> switch, 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 switch. By the way, if you've ever you, you if you've ever watched Seinfeld, anybody in the audience ever watched Seinfeld, just watch how much the camera actually switches on every time somebody talks, and they say everybody's name. It's really funny. It'll be like, "Hey, Jerry, what is it, Kramer? Ah, Jerry, you got it's so funny. They they switch each time." And, I never noticed that. Oh, and it, my brother Terry, who's uh, the, he's a very funny guy. Terry, who who helps edit this and, and love you, Terry, and does a lot of the production stuff. He he's very funny, but terrible timing. So he'll say something witty, and it'll make you want to punch him. So <laughs> he's way funnier on text, but he has great ideas. But he's the one who turned me on to it years ago. He's like, just watch Seinfeld without the sound on and you won't believe how often the camera switches on everybody as compared to some other kind of sitcom that came before it. And I think they, that changed it a lot. Um, but I don't even know, cause I don't watch regular sitcoms that much anymore. So I don't even know how the camera switches. Well, if you remember the older sitcoms from the eighties, they were really all kind of like one scene plays but right. most of it happened there was always the upstairs like you think about married with children there was always the upstairs where they would go but most of it either took place in the living room or the kitchen they were rarely anywhere else right yeah simple sets uh and they <laughs> they would just go up the stairs to nothingness <laughs> to nothing um, there and smoked a cig yeah right well, it, well, uh, there was a little bit of controversy with the Oscars, and like like you, I just watched the clips. Uh, they said this was the short, one of the shortest Oscars ever. It, it was three and a half, uh, three hours and sixteen minutes, which is like a baseball game, and would have been even shorter had Kevin Hart hosted, just in actual height, not <laughs> amount of time. Was that too? Was that was that, was that terrible? <laughs> no, I I think that that would that that's accurate, and I think Kevin would agree with that. Yeah, uh, he's never. Of, you know what? He's never played up his height. Yeah, <laughs> he's never played up. He's the little guy. 
Well, that's the thing. You find the one, that's the best thing about comics is the thing that kind of, I'm sure you got the most crap for when you were younger is your biggest asset. Like as you get older. Yeah. I or, mean, or you de- definitely. You can always go, you can always, uh, me, whether I'm fatter or skinner, skinnier than they're expecting, uh, it's always something because they're expecting something when they see you. And like right now, even though I'm at a uh, slightly over suit, uh, last purchase suit size, I'm still skinnier. I'm not going to say skinnier. I'm still not as fat as I was for most of the time I was on television in the early 2000s. So when I was on a little bit later with ESPN and even at the end of my Fox run, I was thinner, but it's amazing. People have a visual of, and we're actually going to talk about this at some point. I don't know if we're going to get to it today, but how people don't see little things in other people. Sometimes they just see broader strokes of the brush. It's an amazing thing. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh, later, but we had some things that were a, a little more topical. So go ahead. I'm sorry I, I uh, went off on one of my uh tangents but your controversial thing at the oscars right well you know uh spike finally won spike lee uh finally won for black klansman uh but uh what that movie green book won for uh best picture and i it's shown on tv and anybody that's seen the clip spike lee stands up in the oscars and turns his back and uh you know he then people thought that it was kind of a snub against green book and he kind of doubled down with uh when he had the post oscars interview he clearly had a few drinks but it was still coherent and he 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 said it's the second time i lost to somebody driving <laughs> and cuz he lost pretty, to driving miss davis which is a pretty great line I wonder if he had that planned. If he he didn't have it in the speech, and he had quite a bit written down in the speech, right? So, uh, but that's a brilliant, brilliant. I mean, like to make that observation, I don't think anybody else had, right? He he, he made that observation first. Well, there was that there was this thing with Green Book, uh, you know, and it, it, we saw it uh, twenty some years ago with uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, that it's called uh, the White Savior movie. And it's, you know, uh, the Green Book, it, you know, it's kind of not in the same vein as Driving Miss Daisy, but uh, it was a true story. But it's uh, white savory movies are like, uh, you know, the 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 white uh, excited young teacher comes into the inner city and gets the kids to pass the test. It's kind of all the same movie. You know, the white head coach goes to a black urban school and wins the title, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, I, you know, Spike kind of doubled down and basically just let it be known that he's not a fan of those movies or that genre. And I was going to ask you, do you think it's okay to take a shot like that, knowing that it's not just the actors or the directors you're taking a shot at, but all the people that kind of make uh, make the movie and all the hard work? Do you think that? Was, do you think it's cool? Do you think you should be honest, or should you just be like, "Hey, thanks for the reward"? The the line or the move, the turning the back, the turning the back, and then kind of doubling down on it after, or is that just him being honest? We 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 always say we're going to be honest with with our listeners, and so is that it? Would you prefer that he's just like, "Hey, you had a great time. It's a pleasure making the movie. Thank you. Where's the buffet?" Okay, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, but uh, and this is gonna this is gonna be a you know trying to win you know, both sides of the coin here. I do appreciate the honesty. I think there's something very real there. But at the same time, I struggle, and I might do the same kind of thing. I'm that type of person that uh, I would I would go into it not expecting to win though. So that would be where I, I differ in it. Um, I think that the t- the back turn is probably a turn off to a lot of people, and then it kind of makes your mess it it could go two ways you know i'm i'm bouncing around here because well, like these so things much are nuanced so yeah it, it takes a little while to explain yourself because if i were the person who loves protests which i am not i i just a lot of times i get the i get why there are protests i totally understand you have every right to do it the and i'm talking about uh you know protesting with picket signs uh, not picket signs but signs out somewhere 
because a lot of times what that just does is already has the people on your side more on your side. The people who don't like protests, and I try to stay neutral in this. Like, it's not that I, I don't. I've just seen what it used to do to me. I would be like, ah, oh, geez, it's just another pro. Like that when there's protest after protest after protest, me personally, the way I'm wired goes, oh, man, I, I, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable. Some people are like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Protest, that type of thing. And again, you have every right to do it. So I see that in my first inclination of it is um is that I, I don't like the back turn that's just me personally but i have the i don't have the same experiences as him i don't know you know what i don't have all those feelings pent-up feelings and if i did and something so important to me I'm, I might do the same thing. So I, I, cause I'm a, I'm a huge hypocrite. <laughs> let's just, <laughs> let's get that. Let's get that out there because I say a lot of things and I don't, uh, recently I was dealing with somebody. I was trying to deal with them with kid gloves over and over and over. The person drove me nuts and I just blew up. So I'm the same. I'm the same, right? I, and if you're in that moment and you're thinking you have this real chance and then something that you, that you're diametrically opposed to, quote unquote beats you it's a that's a pretty tough that's a pretty tough moment and you gotta think too frank it beats you again you know right it's, you know it's it, it's it's gotta be uh it's it, it's gotta be something that you can't believe happened the first time and the second time you're like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let this wrap but i wonder now is this gonna have a ripple effect where we're just gonna see those movies being made less and less or that people are now aware of it because i mean i had heard heard of that obviously as a black man and uh but i just didn't i never really thought about it. sometimes you see a movie and you're like all right keanu reeves goes and teaches a black baseball team how to you know how to be it goes a back to the, the 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 white shadow uh in right. 70s 70s television the ken reeves was the basketball coach and it was a, a mostly black basketball team except for salami i think and maybe <laughs> maybe one other guy but uh yeah, I mean that's I I wouldn't have known that category had it not had this not happened. But that's that's an interesting another thing to say is why does it take something like this for so much media to pay attention to it too, right? It's uh something that wasn't really in the mainstream that much. Now it is, so I guess he's kind of done his job that way. It's I mean, we're talking about it. Right when you it's it's a protest, it worked. So I but I do believe that and maybe I believe there are certain subsets of of people and there'll be there'll be some racist people in these groups as in one or across over the groups too that'll just take it for, you know, racist reasons, which I think is always an issue, but shouldn't hold a person back um for that reason but i i i yeah i think i think he did his job quote unquote there in that moment because a lot of people are talking about it so i think it's a win it's it's unfortunate that it it's that's what the world is um but i don't know but and it's it's so weird right that uh that a a a a, a black actor wins he because he won too right yeah um, and he won and a, a movie with a, a black actor as a lead won as well it's a weird but it, it happens to be in that old formula um so maybe it's baby steps but i get it where he, he, spike lee's trying to do something edgy different real and honest and the something that has somewhat of a formula, I, yeah. I guess. But formulas, listen, we've we've been in entertainment. Formula is over and over and over. You see it, and yeah. you do the stuff that works. Yeah, like that's I, the thing that surprised me even more <laughs> that Peter Farrelly was uh, was one of the um, uh, was the director or producer on it who was dumb and dumber uh right i, think I that thought about that yeah that was uh that was you know uh, when i saw that because i mean i don't know dumb and dumber is just it's a movie i believe that was 1994 and if you tell me that's your favorite movie i probably like you a little bit better i still find that movie completely rewatchable i kind of 
I kind of like just dumb humor movies. I, I, I understand that, you know, there's nothing like smart humor, and I try and bring that to the stage when I perform. But I just like a good old-fashioned, just a, a smack in the face, uh, a, <laughs> a, a couple of D jokes, and, uh, and, and I'm good to go. I'm a simple man like that, Frank. Yeah, me, myself, and Irene. I mean, that was and Three Stooges. They brought back the the Three Stooges movie. So, I just thought that was very interesting. It, it it's amazing to me when somebody comes from a weird, different genre and then wins a, an Academy Award or some big type of thing um, coming from from that world because it's it's generally comedies so looked down upon in those movie people that. Uh, but maybe that's all changing. I know they've uh, they're trying to revamp how the voting and the, the voters themselves. So this is the most I've talked about the Academy Awards in years. Thank you. <laughs> all right, well, let's let's talk about something. Hold on a second. <laughs> you got it out. Yeah. Isn't that the? It's like there should be because you know they always say uh, the Japanese are very good about having a word that defines just like one singular. Because I think they have a word that you only use when you've stepped on one of those man of war things on the beach because it's so painful. It's got its own word. I feel like there should be a word in English for when you're sick and you've been like, you you feel terrible and you finally throw up. That yeah. feeling right after that, it's a universal feeling of throwing up. You feel terrible. Throwing up is the apex of that. But once whatever was killing you is out that feeling for that first 10 seconds, you're like, oh, this is what normal feels like. Yeah, I got it. L. Jackson. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's transition real quick. Uh, you know, you and I uh, were texting about it because we're sports junkies. But like, before we do go to that, I'm, I'm glad you didn't ask. Cause in the little rundown thing you'd sent me, we go back and forth for anybody listening that we go back and forth with what we're going to talk about and try to have somewhat of a plan. The... You didn't ask me to do this. I'm glad you didn't. I'll tell you why I'm glad. Because it was the Morgan Freeman. You were going to ask, what does Morgan Freeman think about this situation? And that's one of those weird ones. People would do that with me with Charles Barkley, too. Like something that has a racial overtone oh. will happen. And they'll be like, what does this person who's black that I do an impression of? And we're just talking voice here. What does that person think? And I always feel the weirdest I have, I, I don't, I won't, I, most of the time I don't want to do it. I, I was going to actually, if you brought it up, I was going to say, here's the thing. It's so weird if I'm a white guy speaking from the perspective of a black person about something that I, as a white person, have never experienced like that black person would have. And it's a serious topic, right? <laughs> right. So somebody will ask me, uh, Donald Sterling, when that happened with the Clippers, uh, and all that stuff was out there. They're like, what does Charles Barkley think about Donaldson? Like, I, no, please don't. I, I, I don't think I should be speaking. This is weird. Not that, not that I, I wouldn't condemn everything about Donald Sterling, but that's just a weird, you know, layer of it. When you look back and you go, okay, so I'm, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Tropic Thunder almost. Robert Downey Jr. Topic, Tropic Thunder. I'm a, I'm a white dude playing a black dude playing a white dude, you know, whatever. But it's, I just feel really weird about it or, you know, something racial will happen. They're like, what does Charles Barkley think? And I'm like, oh, no, let's yeah, like, please don't. Please yeah. Don't do and, and it's a, you know, especially if it's a, a white guy asking me that, I'll be like, I, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I turn into a Ferrelli movie. Now, I wonder if you could, I mean, obviously you're going to get pushback if you were to do something like that. But I wonder if you could, because you do immerse yourself so much in your character, say, that's not how I feel. That's what president trump would say if he was asked that question you're still going to get it but i wonder if we do give people uh some because if your character is like a crotchety old white guy who you know get off my lawn you know uh, old school white guy if if you're in a scenario where it's like oh yeah i was at the grocery store it's filled mexicans now i don't like it but it was still trying to be funny I wonder if the fact that we do know that that human being exists, correct? We right. do know that people like that exist. So in a weird way, in a voyeuristic way, if you, I know how Al would talk about that grocery store. I know how Frank would talk about that grocery store, but what is an old crotchety, I don't like the way this country's going white man. Think about that grocery store. 
if he put if he makes it funny. I mean, you know, I I don't know if that would be. Well, I think it's really I think it's one. it's more believable from me though. <laughs> if you right. if you looked at me and you could go, oh, Frank could grow up to be an old crotchety racial racist guy. I get you know I I don't think so, but uh. Yeah, you're you're but, too emotionally sensitive for that. You're very uh, cautious about making sure that you don't step on people's toes or hurt people's feelings, and that's a that's a, that's something that I've that that I've noticed about you from day one. Like you just that's not something that you, that you that you're into. Not something you're with. Yeah, well, I just uh, believe me. I've been accused of everything, but it's one of those types of things where. I just think if it's an important matter, that's more of what it is to me. If it's an important matter and you're asking me to speak from a black person's perspective comedically uh, and make comment, I don't think I, I just, it's wrong. It's weird. I don't think I can do it. So, I, and I don't, I, I will generally turn it out from the crotchety old white guy perspective. I've recently been asked to do different things and go on and, um, my my Donald Trump and I get I get flack for this because my Trump is silly. It's people are like it's not mean enough. I'm like ah, it's just what I've always done. It is what it is. There's other people who are better better being mean. But if I've been asked to do some things where it's saying really really racist types of things, even though it's not me, it's the character and the Donald Trump character. I'm like I I, I just don't even want to say be be this person saying these things because it's. It's I I can do it in a much more creative way and you'll still get the point as opposed to just uh, calling some person a Mexican guy that I don't even know his name, calling him a standard Mexican name. You know what I mean? Right. That stuff to me is just it, it's kind of easy and I, I, it's real easy. And it's it. I, I think it it would appeal to the wrong people who'd say, "Yeah, that's the way. That's the way to do it." And then the other people who'd get it and know what I'm doing, they get it. But the message doesn't doesn't get across. I'd rather have people. Do By the way, I had somebody send me a Facebook email uh, or Facebook message um, after a show this weekend in I think Atlantic City. I'm not sure if it was Atlantic City or uh, in the Philadelphia area, and he was so mad at me for ripping uh, attacking donald trump so yeah. that that's what he was doing was he said i was attacking donald trump and i came back at him and i was very polite about it um i was like okay you have every right to your opinion but uh just know that i've done this kind of thing with every president uh, no, do i attack the politics never it's all about the character of the person. I even set this up in the show that that's where I'm coming from on it. Don't, I don't care where your political spectrum is. I'm not ripping you for however you think. But these are jokes. It's free speech. And if you don't like it in the end, that's fine. But it's watch Alec Baldwin and then watch me. It's nothing even close to an attack. And I came back at the guy very nicely. I haven't heard back from him yet. But it was almost like the Girl Scout troop leader where I'm like, Come on, I'm just I'm just gonna come back at you really nicely and see if if you can understand. And it's so what? I mean, Donald Trump attacks people constantly too. You know, it's not like he's it's, out there yeah. saying I I really uh, am really worried about a lot of things. He went he went the the Spike Lee thing. He got involved in that, didn't he already? I, yeah, I think I saw, our, our president is tweeting yeah. about the Oscars. I think yeah. that's just weird. Yeah, I they say just stay. I I, I always believe in a, a president just staying. Just do. Do your president stuff. You don't. You shouldn't have enough time to do other stuff. Any any president. But um, I'm getting off track. I'm getting off uh, topic there. But it was just I was so blown away by the guy getting mad about me with the Trump stuff, and I'm like, I I don't even know what to tell you. And then I asked for specifics. Like, what did I say that it was? Because he said he walked out and wanted his money back and wish he had a way to get it back. And I want to say, have you not seen all the stuff I do? And I'm not Bill Maher. I'm not. Uh, anybody out there really doing a political show? And I, bl I, I blatantly say that in the show. This isn't political. This is just silly. And everybody knows these characters in a world where everybody's programmed to directly. Uh, it's hard to find. That's why I try to get away from the impressions more. But everybody knows the president, and they know me well. You know, so right. you have your own opinion on it, and you could take it wherever you want it to do. That's what I kind of leave it as. But it, it threw me off, and uh, I think he maybe just wanted to see the sports stuff, but that's only a little piece of what I do, and I don't market it that way. So, And also, hey, 
buddy. You're allowed to be upset. It's just like this. We live like live in this world where everybody thinks that their opinion matters, and it, this is myself and and you included. It kind of doesn't. You know, <laughs> you know, people's opinions in group matter. If you were doing something that was offending entire audiences, and you start getting calls from the booker saying we got six tickets sold and your shows tomorrow night, now that those opinions do matter. But one person, you know, people will complain about everything. Some people, that is how they get off, is yeah. by complaining. It's like I like you and I. We talked like I've never looked at Yelp or anything, and then when you do. There'll be a couple like, hey, I went to Frank's uh, quality Italian place. The pasta was great. And then other people just have this. I walked in and was immediately greeted with a hostess that didn't look up from her desk. I was then escorted to a table next to the ear like, ma'am, ma'am, is this do you need to write a six page review? I, I just don't get people that do that. But again, dude, we're all making our way through this life. And that's, if that's what you want to do to kind of pass the time. All right. Okay, yeah. I guess. I just think it's very strange. And to write the artist, I mean, would you do that if you want to see the Rolling Stones and you'd be like, hey, I didn't like the riff you did during Satisfaction. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like, what? There's a weird thing about comedy. And they, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because we are. I'm sure the people do. I'm sure people tweet at different things, uh, different people, but they, you make yourself available enough and it's fine. You, you have every right to um have that opinion he has that right it's i said that's freedom of speech and me doing comedy his take on comedy was you get to go away for 30 minutes and just get away from the world and i'm thinking that's maybe your definition of comedy but yes. first of yeah, all it's an mr hour. showbiz who is yeah. this guy it's an hour show you get i love that you're getting offended for me i i <laughs> I, I was taken aback a little bit but at the same time i was just like all right this guy has an idea of what comedy is, but what he's not taking into account is that different people have different ideas of what comedy is. If he went to see me and walked out, to go see 90% of the comedians out there that would just be unabashedly just you know ripping Trump to shreds on a show that has nothing to do with it, like... I don't know what I don't know what world you're living in, um, but that's just what people even do, and I'm careful about it. And he did the he did the lead me into it like uh, I know you probably don't care, and I wrote him back, oh I do care, fella. And I was <laughs> I was nice about it, so maybe I can make a, maybe I can uh, turn him and uh, get him to vote for you, Al. I'll just, right, well, thank right. you, Al Jackson, 2020. Yeah, I, I uh, you know <laughs> My, that's our vision. <laughs> that would be a very uh, disjointed. Uh, I would just like forget I was a president for three days at a time until I started. Oh, I have twenty-seven missed calls from the vice president. <laughs> yeah, I, I always look at things like that. Like when you see like a serial killer or something, and they've done, you know, they've like meticulously like tied their victims up or done something weird or just like made this weird picture shrine. I just don't think I'm focused enough. I look, I'm like, I'm not focused enough to be a crazy person. If they broke into my house, they would just find like a bunch of half done projects. They just find me where I was like kind of stalking an anchor for a little while, then forgot and then couldn't lost their license plates. So then I just stopped and started doing something else weird. You have to be kind of focused to, to be a crazy person. And I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you or I have that. It's where it's where you put the energy. How do you if you have that energy and you can focus it, focus it into good instead of crazy. So you were uh, attempting to before i got a sidetracked completely uh pull us over toward uh, a a subject we both talked about a bunch uh i believe so take yeah it you know well, uh we are friends off the show no matter how much i try and stop that yeah and uh you know i i, I you you immediately you, text you try and stop it you should see my grandpa try and stop it. <laughs> he'll he'll succeed one day <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, obviously this happened uh, last week, but the uh, guaranteed number one draft pick in the M NBA, the the one of the most uh, electrifying. You're calling him guaranteed? I, I don't know if it's 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 pretty sad, but I don't know if I'd go guaranteed. Wouldn't you say he's the he's the established number one? I would he say now he is. Yes, but things things can uh, you know he has a bad tournament uh ncaa tournament there's a chance so i wouldn't say guaranteed but uh, very likely i'm just messing with you a little bit there but uh yeah okay guaranteed you win 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, yeah, the the um, the let's just call it the guaranteed number one, probably going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Look, you uh, walked it back. You walked it. I got you walking it back now too. I, I did the same thing with the letter with that guy with that, when I messaged him back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh no, 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 I'm not right. I'm just uh, <laughs> mostly right. So Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson plays for uh, Duke and uh, Coach K, Coach Krzyzewski. Uh, by played, the way, by Coach K. Shashevsky. Nobody's ever explained that to me. How are you? K. Shashevsky. That is, it's, I, how many people that do not go to Duke could spell that last name? That might be one of the most, except when you see like some of the, sometimes, uh, you know, the, the Pacific Islander players come over and they have these, uh, these long names. I mean, that in the, the, in the old school Polish last names, just because the, the consonants, there's like four consonants in a row. I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah, it's it's, but it's 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 just so funny because we don't say Khrushchevsky, but it's Shishevsky, I believe. But I've never heard anybody really get into it. So I'm sorry, I keep getting you off on tangents. Okay. Oh well, in, anyway, he's playing uh, Duke's number one rival, North Carolina. That's the marquee game of the regular season every year. They the intense rivalry. Uh, it's been going on since the beginning of time, and uh, ha- uh, early into the game. Zion Williamson, uh, his shoe, which is Paul George, the NBA player's shoe. I've never seen this before, Frank. It exploded. His shoe exploded like there was like there was a like there was an M80 in it. It exploded and caused him to go down awkwardly, uh, get what they're calling a mild knee strain. The way he fell, I think everybody at that time was like, "Oh my goodness, has this guy ruptured uh, ruptured uh, some tendons in his knee?" And immediately there was a reaction. Uh, Demarcus Cousins from the uh, the Golden State Warriors said basically college is some BS. He did not call it BS. He was like he needs to stop playing and do what's best for his family and ensure they get the number one pick because if he comes back and he's not 100%, re-injures himself or comes back and he's not 100% and doesn't play well, he could jeopardize himself uh, potentially over millions and millions of dollars. In that same conver- the, that interview, I also saw DeMarcus Cousins say at one point that college was the best years of his life. Yes. Um, he did say that too. Like he, he, like we all do, kind of, I don't know, he, I don't think he was walking it back, but he looked at another side of it in the middle of what he was talking about. And his own life, he's like, I, I played in college, it was the best years of my life. And I was thinking... Okay, but I know what they're going to go with here in the in the media. It's uh, that that other quote is a, a better quote to run on. Um, I, well, think- I I would make the argument, and I want to hear what you have to say. I want to make the I could make the argument that most people would say that college were the best years of my life. My question to that would be for the incredible financial debt that is accrued in college: is that worth it? Right, right. Could you could you skimp on fun and not uh, not owe so much? Um, yeah, it's it's a, really is an American thing because uh, colleges and universities. I have a friend of mine that's in uh, that's from Australia. I have friends that I worked with when I was at the BBC, and they were like, "We do not understand your college system at all." They were like, "College for them is classes, and you go home. They don't have pep rallies. They don't have a school mascot. They don't have wing night. They don't have." Any of the perks, like where you just go and you're like, oh, Kanye West is at the University of Florida performing at the Gator Bowl. Like that's not, a, it's not a thing. And I wonder, would people take less bells and whistles in college to not have this this insurmountable debt when they're done? I mean, can you have $300,000 worth of fun in four years? I guess you can. I don't know. I think that's we'll we'll have that conversation a different day because that is a great topic. I want to get with this Zion Williamson thing Let's in particular while we're because uh, he's he's uh, and we'll, we'll we'll mark that down because that is something I think we need to get to because you're making a great point and I'll bet you there's a lot of history and um, uh, different reasons why college has gotten to that point, why it's so expensive, why it's even a party. Um, and so on and so forth. But Zion Williamson is a very special human being because they're, he's six foot seven and about 285 pounds, which is not normal for a college kid. Now, not only is he built like an NFL uh, 
linebacker lineman, like a uh, yeah. a, a big. Not, and we're not talking cornerback. We're not talking uh, small player. We're talking one of the big guys, uh, outside linebacker, pass rusher type of guy who uh, affects games. He is uh, his ability to uh, first step is so quick. His uh, vertical jump is ridiculous. He has uh, physical tools. He has abilities that are not something you would expect from a person that weighs 285 pounds. He does things uh, that somebody that weighs 185 pounds can do, and he's 100 pounds more. So he's a physical freak. He's unbelievable. Um, and he's going to be, a, we believe, a special player. But right now he just, uh, he has the look and the 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 upside on him is, that he's he's only just beginning because he's just learning to play the game of basketball at, rather than be an athlete. Uh, he's learning to be a basketball player as opposed to an athlete playing basketball. Right? right. He's he's not. He was seen as a dunker coming out of uh, uh, high school. That's what everybody had seen. They didn't see that he had this all around game. He has a mind for the game. He's everywhere on the court he's a hustle guy he's running around uh, trying to get every loose ball trying to make plays there's one where he ran completely all the way across the court to block a three-pointer and nobody knew how he got there it was uh, that was one of the most amazing plays i've ever seen right it was like like he's like he can uh, transport himself almost he's like and he's there and three three feet in the air so He's not the norm, right? He's he's 100% not the norm. There's the level of super athlete that is the Division One player that's there for one year, and then they move on and go to the NBA. He's even more than that. He's more special. So the question is that everybody jumped on was, is he should he finish out the year? Because this scare... Um, this scare was so much of like, this guy's going to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars and at the minimum even if he doesn't do well in the nba which most people believe he's going to uh because you never know it doesn't translate quite the same should he just give up and start training for the nba uh and get out of these games because why would you risk it and a lot of people wouldn't and he has every right to i believe do whatever he decides is best for him but it's a very personal decision um it, the thing that bugs me out there is everybody's like you should not do this do this that there's a lot of factors that go into that but it's a personal decision and he's a kid and whatever he chooses and looks like he's going to continue playing and it looks like they're going to be very careful with him uh and this is he has an eight million dollar i believe insurance policy that if he falls out of the top 10 in the draft he gets eight million but that's nothing compared to the tens of millions he's he's going to he's going to have that in his couch cushions right so at least there's something um there i don't know what the, this was another thing that i was thinking uh, about uh as well was can a university take out an insurance policy for somebody like could that's probably illegal but why Definitely. would uh, why couldn't like instead of an eight million dollar policy could somebody get an even bigger policy i i i'm just wondering how that would work if there was a way for somebody but the the point is this um everybody's saying this kid shouldn't even be playing i think it's up to him um i, I want to hear your take first because I, I have another couple things i want to throw in there okay well i looked at him clutching his knee on that court and i immediately thought that a lot of professional players have clauses in their contract where they can't ride motorcycles they can't play pickup basketball they can't you know do anything dangerous because their bodies are kind of paid for, bought and paid for by their employers. And I looked at that young man in the middle of the court clutching his knee and I was like, this guy hurt himself playing for free. Mm -hmm. He hurt himself playing for free. Uh, well, we, uh, not a hundred percent free, but way cheaper than he should be in market value, right? Because he's getting, he's got the free, he's got a, a, a scholarship to a, a university that I couldn't get into 
So he's got something there, right? It's it's yes, but it, do are we under any false pretenses that he's going to finish his degree right now? I, I, I agree with you, but he could, he could if he wanted to, right? They'd love for him to. They would love for him to be there another three years after this. But he's got something. It's not tangible money, but it is something. It's worth. It has a value, correct? It does. It, okay, so it that's has an that's all. I, but I I, I I agree with you. It's not anywhere near the value that. He's not in the world that we live in of capitalism, right? Or the, the our country. It's not very capitalistic thinking that he's um, he's not market value right now. That education for him, uh, that one year, uh, what probably worth fifty thousand dollars, is not what it could be worth. Which what he is worth, which is way more. So continue. I just want to throw that in there for anybody who would like try to because I'm on your side with it. I I just say. It's not free, but it's it's not tangible money, and it's not anywhere near what he's worth, which is what we tend to do with most people that have that kind of value. It's an unfair. It's an unfair thing. We would never ask somebody with that kind of value, going with what you're saying, to work for free. I think mm-hmm. that the college model they try and blow past stories like this because they have the only business model in which they do not pay their employees. And I know people say, oh, the scholarships, the scholarships. Let me, if you think about what you know about college and why you know about colleges, why you know what Gonzaga is, why you know where the hell Duke is, uh, it's because of these players. These players are not only generating massive amounts of money um, through their play on the field. Uh, how many people that were 10 years old when Reggie Bush was at USC found out that USC is a was a place. And then they look and they're like, wait a second, there's a college in Southern California and the cheerleaders look like that? And from 10 years old, they're like, I'm going to USC. I'm going to Notre Dame. The reason that you're doing that, I would say for most people that aren't going into robotics or something like that, for most people that are just kind of into a school, the first time you really, you would ever hear about college is because of the athletics. So therefore these people are, these students, are walking billboards, not only for Nike, not only generating money and fans uh, with ticket sales, jersey sales, but they're also bringing awareness to the fact that college freaking exists. When if, if right, college- but I, I would I would I would go. Uh, let's take one step back there, Al, because I'm playing a lot of devil's advocate with you because I'm on I'm, I'm, I'm on the same train of thought. But it's I'm, I'm thinking about some of these other things. Duke didn't used to have the one and done's right. They had the players that were part of the cogs in the machine. They didn't have the superstars a lot of the time. They had Grant Hill and they had some others. Um, but I I do believe college athletics, especially basketball, because the second and third tier of basketball players is still pretty amazing. They're it's, amazing. It, it's incredible. You can't even imagine. Once you see and get down there and see how big these guys are and how uh, agile they are for being that big. It's incredible and, and amazing. But I, I, I have to bring up my other point. So I don't get, you mind if I get into this real quick? No, here? please, please. Because I think it's about choice. And the problem is there isn't much of a choice. And the, the fact that you have to go to college for one year you have to be out of high school i believe for one year before going to the nba and that's by the collective bargaining agreement because it's what the 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 uh, i believe the owners of the teams wanted because they didn't want to be giving all these crazy dollar amounts to somebody who wasn't tested in a middle level yet outside of high school to see what they could actually do and i think that that time has changed a little bit as well because we see better levels of basketball in the middle but the problem is you go, you're only in college, right? You're, you, you can only go to college or you can go overseas where nobody's going to see you. Zion Williamson, I, even though everybody's saying it, was I don't believe he was going to go number one before this season of college. He might have, but he solidified it by being at Duke. Do you agree? I would agree with that. Because he became, he became, people saw him on that stage for Duke. It was like an unpaid internship, which again... I'm against completely unpaid internships. I think somebody should be paid something. Um, but in terms of looking at, he had no other way to go. So he only had, he could only go to college and not make money. 
the fact that there wasn't another place where he could go, like baseball has the minor leagues to make money for a while. Hockey has the minor leagues as well, yeah. I, and what they're doing with the AAF, the Allegiance of American Football, is they're creating this other league, which I think is a very 2019 thing to do and should probably and is starting to happen a little bit in basketball. And LeVar Ball, as much as people call him crazy, and he's created some new things. He's created make your own shoe and then have the shoe company try and uh, get on board with it. That was never even a thought. And now with better players, that's going to that's going through people's minds. Um, and he's he's created a league and uh, that kids can go to out of high school, which is what they're doing in football with the AAF. That you have a choice now: either go to college, have the best year of your life on a college campus. You're not really there for school. Most most of that super level, and I don't think they should be. If Bill Gates. Uh, and who left college? That's probably a bad one. Um, you find somebody who uh, somebody who's a super genius. They're immediately going to be hired somewhere, right? That you just you just pay them. Sports is the only place where we go. We got to do this for a year before you come and, and be a, a part of our professional league. But if there was a league that they could make good contracts, that they could have decent contracts, one year contract for let's say a million dollars or uh, something. That starts to help, and at least you can make money, and it would make that league if the superstars went there for a year, and it was like every year you have these superstar high schoolers creating this league, or they have the choice to go to college. College basketball is still going to be there. It might not be as big, but uh, with the superstars. But how in the in the March Madness tournament, how many times is it a team that beats the superstar in the and the teams that have been around the Gonzagas that keep players for three and four years? They have 22-year-old guys, 22-year-old men playing against 17, 18-year-old kids. And right. it's a difference. So the basketball in the NCAA is still going to be something because people are tied to their games. But I just believe that you shouldn't have to go play. Like you said, it is basically for free, even though you get the education. I think that's an unfair move to people who have this superstar ability because anywhere else they would go. And now it seems to be that there are these choices with that said this in, uh, it, only if this pans out to be no real injury big injury to Zion Williams Williamson um he's going to have the biggest shoe contract in the history of any young basketball player oh i'd agree with that because how can nike lose him if he if he jumped and and ran out of his shoes to the point where he can't play in them anymore uh, and somebody else gets that contract with him. You know how badly Adidas wants him. How badly oh. Under Armour wants him. He's going to be that. We're talking tens and tens of millions of dollars, like we haven't seen before. Right. It. it, it you know. It's like it's such. Uh, I just think. Uh, you know, if he blows his knee out, a la. Uh, don't forget Willis McGahey, uh, who was a star running back at the University of Miami, blew his knee out in his final college game against Ohio State, tore all three ligaments in his knee. And it was, uh, you know, he was going to be a top five pick. And yeah. and it's just like this. It's, it's a weird business model where you say you come in, you work for free. It, you, and you, people call it a paid internship. But an internship is like, okay, you're at a radio station. You're learning how to uh how to work in production but if you were good enough if you're good enough at that internship and you said i'm going to leave they say no we're going to pay you that's where the that's where the difference is it's like as soon as you say i'm going to leave they're like oh we're going to pay you and well you, that, you that, can't leave though with college basketball right that's what i'm saying is you, i'm yeah. i'm i'm in your argument i'm on yeah. i'm on your side on this like you can do that in an internship but the the paid internship or an unpaid internship you can say i'm just not going to do this anymore. Wait, 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 you're too important to us we're just giving you a job they can't do that in college but if you had the choice and you chose to go to college and that's what your choice was i'm more for that because you have the choice and it's also weird because you can't work the, yes, so absolutely 100 percent. yeah i agree with that the rules are ridiculous you can't have somebody can't buy you a hamburger uh, a friend of mine uh was texting back and forth because i was talking to him about this and you can't they can't buy you anything you have to be worried about the rules all the time and you're you're under a microscope especially if you're a superstar um well you know what i i know you have to you have to get to work um so why don't we just pick up the next one at this because there's a lot here 
And this is one of those cliffhanger moments that I know we can we can get back to. And uh, I think we're on the same page with this pretty much. But it all comes down to, in the end, it's the choice. Right. It, 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 and I think this is a perfect story where we can start to ask our viewers to write in. Because I know there's some people that will disagree vehemently about this. And we'd love that. Like, so... Please like write in. Uh, we'll give you an email address and uh, you know write in and we'll read uh, read some of your letters on uh, on, on the show because I want to hear both sides. They can get us uh, on alanfrank.com. There will if we don't have a specific email address there yet, which we should. They can just uh, message us on Facebook or hit us up on Twitter um, or Instagram. Uh, and your personal Instagram is my personal Instagram is Al Jackson IG. And I'm at Frank Caliendo across the board on stuff and at Alan Frank. Uh, but alanfrank.com will have all that that stuff for you, too. So Al does like it when you disagree with him. I don't like it when you disagree with Al. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but we definitely would like to to hear from you. And we're going to get back into that because I think we only hit about 20% because I go out and went off on that guy getting mad at me about the Trump stuff and threw off our show. But Well, there's so much there. So let's uh, let's pick it up. And, uh, you know, there will to be continued because there's too much meat on this bone. Love it. All right, brother. Love you, man. And I love you, Al. All right.